Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Coach. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, we're talking, kicking around, uh, obviously, the, the trade for Brett Stafford. Um, when, you, when you think about that trade, Joe, does, do you think that sets a market value at all for Deshaun Watson, or do you think even the two have anything to do with one another? I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford, for crying out loud. Yeah. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I, I just, I think, I think there is a lot of difference in, in it, right? I mean, as we've talked about a million times, it only takes one team to really set the value for one player, right? That value was set for Matthew Stafford. And while obviously there's going to be comparables made by agents and all this other kind of thing, I don't know how much that will sway the team that wants to make the move for Deshaun Watson. Or conversely, you know, if, if the Texans don't get everything they want and they compare it to this, are they then going to say, oh, well, we can't pull the trigger on it? I don't know about that. I, I don't think so. It's going to come down to, and listen, there's going to be a lot of machinations, a lot of, there's going to be a lot of talk about this. The Texans have already come out and tried to make it seem like, hey, we're keeping the player. Well, that was publicly the only thing they could say to try and create some market for Deshaun Watson. They've got to try and make you know other teams think that they're going to try to keep him when the bottom line is you know, Deshaun Watson over the weekend, per his agent, I'm sure telling him to do so, scrubbed all references to the Texans in his social media accounts, he wants it to be obvious that he wants out. If the player wants out, man, he's probably going to get it. Now, the Texans are going to try and make it as hard as possible and try and make it seem like he might have to end up uh, losing some money before he can get out of there. But, um, you know, I don't think the Matthew Stafford deal will, will have a large bearing on Deshaun Watson. Talking with Joe Traham, WFA TV in Dallas. You know, Joe, I, I, I the other thing that I – that I, that I got to thinking about was, you know, when you when you think of Matthew Stafford, I mean, obviously he's from the Metroplex. You know, he, he went to Georgia, first pick in 2009 by Detroit. And I, I go back to when we had Troy Aikman on our show here, and, and, and Troy, you know, obviously he's a big fan of the offense that Sean McVay runs, uh, what they do in Los Angeles with that offense as far as how they run the football and then their play actions off of that. You have to think that, boy, Matthew Stafford is going to fit big time into that offense. But I also thought it was interesting that the Rams made an exploratory phone call to the Packers to gauge where they were with Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, I mean, and you and I saw this. I mean, you could just see that Goff was not able to maximize, you know, the weapons that they had in that offense. And, you know, we remember, we used to make fun of McVay and Goff because McVay would be talking to him as much as he could in his ear, you know, before the, before the, the, the speaker would shut off, right? Well, at some point he realized, no, it wasn't just Goff being young. He just either couldn't completely understand it or he couldn't make it happen. So, at some point, they made that decision, and they knew that they were going to move on. And, hell, if, if, if Stafford wouldn't have been available, they probably would have went to the next quarterback. You know, if Rodgers would – I think Rodgers is going to stay right where he is. But, you know, they would have went to the next quarterback. Heck, they may have ended up at Dak Prescott at some point, right? <laughs> so, but, yeah, they just they, – they made the decision, McVay did, I think, specifically, to move on from golf. 
Well, let me ask you this, too, and, 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 and speaking of, you know, Matthew Stafford, and I know he's from Dallas, and you, you do, you're working it. the work you do is you always reach out to all of these high school coaches and everything around here, but when you think about Matthew Stafford and what he wanted to do, did, did it not – did you not sit back in your chair a little bit and think, wow, when he said, hey, I- I'll go anywhere except New England? Did we lose him there? Coach, you there? Yeah, Sorry about there? that. I lost you guys, I lost you guys for a second. No, there you, you are. Did, 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 did it take you back a little bit when, when Matthew Stafford said, I tell you what, I'll go anywhere except New England? It was interesting, right? It's like if Tom Brady can't get it done in New England, how am I supposed to get it done in New England, right? With that dearth of weapons that Brady had last year. So, I mean, Stafford has every reason to be confident in his attributes and what he can do on that level. And I think he's going to get a chance to show it. I do think that they're going to contend in the NFC. Can they win an NFC championship? Can they go to the Super Bowl? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. McVay, is, he's gone. He's shown that he can take a team there. But, you know, I don't know if, if, if Stafford can take them all the way. But they're certainly in that group of four or five teams who will have a great shot. Joe, when you look at the situation, like last year you had with Jamal Adams and his sit out, and then now Deshaun this year, do you think NFL players have finally realized that they do control some of the power in these decisions? Yeah, we're seeing what we've, what we've seen for quite some time now in the NBA, right? The power structure. Mm-hmm. Is, is is beginning to shift. I think a lot of it has to do with you know players using their voices uh, in social justice m- movements as well. They've kind of seen this the, the sway that they can can garner and then and the effect that they can have on the overall product. And I think they have a better a better understanding of the the the, the impact that players when they are unified and, and and work as a collective body that that they can have. And that translates to each individual saying, all right, if, you know, if I do this the right way, then maybe I can get what I want. And, and I only think it's the beginning, you guys. It's only going to keep going more and more this way. Um, now, can all players do it? Heck no. I mean, it's only going to be that select few who are, you know, difference makers on their side of the ball, superstars, you know, players that, that, that can – do without let's say something crazy does happen and and for whatever reason Deshaun Watson has to go a while without having a salary he's going to be just fine and he'll end up getting what he wants in the long run anyway it's got to be those type of players I know one of the the things I've been getting a lot of attention over the past couple weeks of these coaches press conferences and when you look at Dan Campbell and he's going to take off kneecaps and Serrani's coming out and he can't really put his words together when he's talking about being smart. Is that something that we as a media just grab on and kind of exploit, or is that the players really buy into that when they watch these these botched press conferences? Let me tell you something. Now, Sirianni, what was that? Oof. That was Adam Gase proportions. Gase was one of the worst I've ever seen. But that Sirianni? I mean, first of all, man, um, can you come up there looking a little more professional? Just to, I mean, it looked like he just left practice for goodness sake, and you're trying to take over the organization. That was that was an awful look. Um, Sirianni should be happy, happy that Jason Witten got named head coach at uh, Liberty Christian today because I was going to straight out. I was going to just go for about a minute and a half tearing that guy apart. That was ridiculous. That was unprepared unprofessional and how he got a job and there are a bunch of qualified guys who haven't gotten jobs escapes me 
it's, well, it's and, ridiculous. Well, and, and and the thing too, Joe, is you know you know Philadelphia is one of the toughest towns in the country. I mean, you go in there looking like a, a, a booty butt Joe the Rag Man, and I'm gonna tell you what they're gonna wear you out in that town. Well, he's put them on notice, Coach. I mean, he that, that was so bad because you're right, Philly Philly fans. Philly media will eat you up, and he gave them all license. The honeymoon is over for that guy, and he hadn't even played one game. That was so bad, you guys. Um, Dan Campbell, those of us who know Dan Campbell, there was some humor in that with the way he botched it because we know Dan, and we know what he was trying to say. Um, So I don't look at him in the same vein. Notice Dan was up there professional, suited, booted, ready to go. It didn't come out exactly right. But I do think the um, the emotional IQ of what he was saying did resonate with the players. But, man, I can't speak for Sirianni. That was some weak sauce. Ooh, that was bad. Hey, before we let you go, Joe, uh, give, give us an update and maybe a direction that you think the situation with Dak Prescott. How, how do you think this plays out in the middle of what is going to be one of the I think one of the busiest NFL off seasons we've ever seen. How do you think Dak's situation really plays out here? Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those deals where I think the Cowboys are going to want to try and keep Dak Prescott, but I also think that his, his agents are smart enough to know what they've got on their hands. And they've got an incredible situation that doesn't come along that often. They've got a chance for Dak Prescott as a young quarterback to cash in now and four years later, hit it again. He's got a chance at two jackpots, and they're not going to give that up unless the Cowboys come with a number that I don't think the Cowboys are going to pay. I, I, I hope they do pay it because I understand how hard it is to try and find quarterbacks. I don't know if you guys saw the graphic that was on ESPN today, but they went back and looked at all the first-round quarterbacks from 2009 to 2016, and when you look at the quarterbacks who are with their same team, I think it's it, it's only – It's only a couple, right? And those that are even still in the league, it's hard to find that position. And while the Cowboys may have an opportunity to get another name quarterback with some of the movement going on, let's hope that they make the right decision, figure out a way to make it work with Dak, because I do think if he gets on the franchise tag this year, um, this may very well be his last year. Well, and let me ask you this before I – one more question before I let you go, Joe. Do you realize the Rams, with the way they've traded their way, their first-round pick, are going to go seven years with first-round draft pick? How's that even possible? Well, it's crazy, Coach. It's crazy. And here's the thing. I don't know if the football guys are going to look on that very kindly. I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, with Matthew going over there, he does – there are a couple of marquee players, but he may need more help to get it done. I mean, it's, you know, it, again, it's not the NBA, right? You can't do it like the Mavericks did it all through free agency and zero draft, right? And that's even changed for them, getting Luka in the draft with his second iteration, trying to get back to a championship level. So I, I don't know how the Rams are going to pull it off, but yeah, I saw that, and, and it's just nuts. But I think they think they're one player away, and that one player's got to be Matthew Stafford. And I think that's got to be that's got to be what they're thinking, Joe. Is there is there, is, there, is they are one player away, and maybe that's you know maybe that's what gets them into the Super Bowl. Hey, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day, and uh, 
Yeah, Jason Witten, head coach at Liberty Argyle. He goes right playing for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, stepping into the head coaching arena. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out for him. No doubt we wish Witt all the luck in the world. My man, he's going to be a great coach. He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be good. Joe, thanks for jumping on with us today. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, see you, coach.